Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Mizutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back for our final segment of Inside Purple and Gold here on Sunday, August 21st. Here with Dane Mizutani as we break down the Vikings on Odyssey's new Vikings podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe to this podcast on any platform, any of your favorite platforms. You can find it. Dane, we're going to go back to kind of a Vikings tradition at this point. Um, it's been often talked about for, I feel like, maybe a decade plus. The mm-hmm. Mr. Mankato Award. It's it's kept the same name, even though the variations, they don't practice. They don't have training camp in Mankato anymore. It's in Egan. <laughs> Nobody calls it Mr. Egan. Um, but you know what? I think it was started by 1500 ESPN. Um, and it was kind of basically this who has been like the maybe unsung hero or guy who emerged out of training camp, early preseason, whatever. So we're going to call it, we're going to call this at least in our own race here before preseason game three, uh, because I do feel like a lot of determinations are made by this point, but who for you, and I guess maybe also break down the parameters of who can and can't be picked quickly. Who are you going with? Who maybe are a couple guys who you think fit into this category? I'll break down the qualifications because the man who should win Mr. Mankato, if it was just who's the best player in training to come out of training camp or the preseason, it's T.Y. McGill. We sure. talked a lot about him last segment. He's been the best player on the defense. Probably speaks more to the fact that they're not playing a lot of top-tier talent on the defense, but T.Y. McGill in his own right has been outstanding. He does not qualify for Mr. Mankato because you have to be a third year or less in, in the NFL as far as experience goes. T.Y. McGill is in his eighth year, so he doesn't count there. And you can't be an established NFL player. And that's kind of, I think that's just like when you see it, you know it. But like yeah. like someone, even like Greg Joseph, I don't think he can win Mr. Mankato. And, and if a kicker's winning Mr. Mankato, it probably speaks to how crappy your preseason and, and training only, camp was. Only in Minnesota could a kicker even be up for this <laughs> because it'd be like, he's making his kicks. And only right. in Minnesota is that like, news is that like right. a big worthy accomplishment it's the expectation everywhere else here it's like this is huge this could be something really big like greg joseph wow right so he he he'd probably win if he was like a rookie kicker who came out of nowhere but he while he's not established as far as like being a household name we all know who greg joseph is he's had a couple seasons kicking had a couple in the seasons yeah. and he was their kicker last year can't be mr mankato same with kj osborne he won last year um, and he's someone like we just talked about. He's going to have a huge role in this offense this year. He's been outstanding in training camp, but he's too he's too good. He's too well-known. So Mr. Mankato has to be someone who basically is a no-name that comes out of nowhere and, and makes the team. My leading candidate, and he didn't do much last night to, to kind of help my cause, but he did score a touchdown, Ty Chandler. And he had a great preseason week one against the Raiders. He's looked awesome in practice as far as like when he's gotten touches, even in practice, the Vikings have been limiting Dalvin cooks reps, even Alexander Madison's reps to a degree. It's pretty obvious. Kevin O'Connell has, you know, an eye towards player safety and player health, which is great. That's, I think that's what you want out of your head coach. But because of that, Ty Chandler's gotten a lot of reps in training camp and it's what you've seen in the games you've seen in the practices. He runs really, really hard. He's a downhill guy and he's got some speed when he gets into the open field. You saw that against the Raiders. You did not see that against the Niners last night because I think he finished like 19 yards. Um, But the Vikings 
all around could not run the ball yesterday. So I don't know if that's more play calling. I don't know if that's more who you have blocking. Like the fact that you started your second string O-line, probably got to your third string, some of your fourth stringers. Your running game might just inherently look bad because of that. But Ty Chandler did score a touchdown, so I'll take that feather in the cap for for his his Mr. Mankato campaign. It's hard for me to ride too hard for the guy after a 19-yard rushing performance last night, but he, I think, is is still the leader in the clubhouse right now. I agree with you. And first off, just if you're listening to this podcast saying like, hey, I didn't watch the game last night. What did I miss? Like, And you're wondering how much we basically said nothing. Um, Here is who all sat last night. Cam Dantzler, Dalvin Cook, Patrick Peterson, Kirk Cousins, KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Cameron Bynum, CJ Hayab, Jaden Sullivan, Eric Kendrick, Zadarius Smith, Garrett Bradbury, Jordan Hicks, Chris Reed, Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Jesse Davis, Brian O'Neill, Julian Taylor, Irv Smith, Dan Chisina, Johnny Munt, Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Daniil Hunter. So if you're wondering who you missed, you missed everybody because they weren't on the field. You missed nothing, literally nothing. Um, that you're wondering who's left. That was that's exactly the question of who's left. Uh, but I I'm still with you. That was still my top choice as well. Frankly, um, we'll get to other names as well. But Ty Chandler, and yeah, the five for nineteen isn't super impressive. I was still like his touchdown run. I was like, okay, there's a good pile push. Um, you know, like I he does just run hard. You can just I think there's something there. I had a friend who doesn't watch the Vikings, but just had the game on last night and thought said like even with five for nineteen, he said, is that Ty Chandler? Like, he's a player. Um, and I think that kind of stands out and it's valuable because I don't know what it's going to mean for his role this year. Um, but you and I have talked about this in the past. Like Alexander Madison's probably not on this team in 2023. And I think Ty Chandler is putting himself in a pretty good position to at minimum be this team's backup running back in 2023. Um, we both think Alexander Madison is stuck on this roster for sure this year. Um, as much as anything, because I don't, not many two teams are like out hunting for backup running backs where they'll trade anything of value regardless. Um, but Ty Chandler, I think, is a good option for this team to back up Dalvin Cook moving forward um, beyond this season. And I think he's made a strong case for that. Every time you see like a burst there, you see how hard he runs. Um, and that's kind of what you're looking for out of that position. And along with kind of being well-rounded in the receiving game and, and in pass protection as well. Yeah, I think the main thing to come out of preseason when when you just kind of take a step back is like, who pops, right? Yeah, because right. it's too hard to evaluate. Well, how would this guy have looked if you know he got to play with the ones, or like if he was playing with like not third stringers, would he look better? It's just like who stands out. It's who, let's go back to the old good old eye test. You're right, Ty Chandler's passed the eye test. Agreed, and I think that's like what you you glean from the preseason. Who like let's each pick a guy like a dark horse guy now, because I think right now, like Ty Chandler is going to probably win Mr. Mankato by default. Um, normally receivers like are just like a trendy pick in this area because like by the position they play, like they get the biggest plays they can pop the most. And, you know, in the short amount of time you got anyone. Cause I got one kind of off the wall. I, I won't go receiver. Um, do you have anyone that that kind? Of, I I think you kind of teased it earlier in the I segment. did. Yeah, I actually like as much as we just um, 
basically ripped on his punt returning and inability to do so. I really like what we've seen from Amir Smith set as far as being a receiver. Um, as far as you can see the explosiveness, you can see the ability to get open. Um, when he's on the field, he draws the football. The football finds him um, because like the way to get targets in the NFL is to get open. Um, and the best receivers get open so they get the ball. When he's been on the field, granted, he hasn't been playing next to KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. And I don't know how many reps he'll see. Um, but I, as far as just being a second-year receiver, I think he has really flashed um, the ability to do these things, to get open, to draw the football. He's got talent at that position. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's explosive too. Um, I, I think every time he's on the field, he kind of stands out to me. Um, and again, with all these guys, I don't know what that will mean for this season. But the fact that he basically has been a special teams kind of liability and is like a roster lock, I think shows what they think about him at the receiver position as well. Yeah, I think he's starting to separate himself from BC Johnson for that that number four receiver spot. BC has more experience. Right. He's also coming off an ACL. Mary Smith Marset's just more dynamic. And while you probably something went wrong if he's having to play a huge role in your offense this year, someone in very important got hurt. I think he brings a different element, a different wrinkle that you're starting to see play out in games when he gets the ball he looks like he can score um as long as he's not your punt returner my off the wall kind of name and and like i'll just be straight up and say this guy's not gonna win um but we're digging here we're digging here because (laughs) there's not a there's not a ton of of top tier names it's actually one of the more boring mr mankato oh boy competitions in 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 years brian asamoah is the guy i i think could get into the conversation. Like if we're talking Heisman, like, like when guys get to the Heisman from a small school, that's like a win by themselves. Like they're not going to win, but if they get to go to the ceremony, they basically won the Heisman. Like yeah, in they're in mind. New York. They were a winner. Yeah. yeah. Like if you go like when Colt Brennan, RIP, love that guy. When, when he got to go to the Heisman ceremony, like for Hawaii, it was like he won the Heisman, right? Like that's, Brian Asamoah could could put himself in the Mr. Mankato ceremony, I guess, if, if that doesn't exist. But if it did, and it's because he flies around, it's really hard as a defender or a defensive player to kind of win Mr. Mankato because you just like the plays that you make are kind of just like, well, you should have done that. Like you should have made that tackle. But in both preseason games now, Brian Asamoah has made plays that have just jumped off the screen. And and it goes back to what we were talking about, Ty Chandler. Like, if you're popping off the screen, like you're doing a good job in preseason. And and Brian Osamoa plays the linebacker position at 150 miles an hour, and he's constantly downhill. He makes a decision and he goes. Sometimes he makes the wrong decision and he goes, and he makes it at 150 miles an hour, which is fine. I'd rather a guy do that than like, you know, patty cake his way through the, you know the line and, and, and get run over. Like if he's making the decision, he's overrunning the play, which is fine. If he has a big week three, uh, you know, against Denver, I think he's someone you could be like, he's not going to win, but like, wow, he's had a really good camp. And he, it would need to be like, he has two sacks or he forces a fumble or he intercepts a ball. So I, I, I preface this whole entire rant with like, basically he's not going to win which is not a very good way of like campaigning for a guy, but he's not going to win. 
but he's he's had a really good camp so far. And I think with a big game, a couple big highlight splash plays, he's someone we could at least consider in the conversation. Yeah, and this doesn't mean anything. Like, this isn't like an official award you win anyway. Um, this is no. just totally like who's had a good training camp. Um, it's fun. I the Brian Asamoah, I do think it's important that he's definitely made splash plays. I don't know how comfortable a team would be putting him out there in a regular season game. No. Uh, frankly, like I, that's just a little side note here. At linebacker depth, I don't think is very good for Minnesota. Just seeing these other guys um, in these last couple games, I have not been convinced that if the starters go down there, that Minnesota's still in good shape. Frankly. No, Troy died. I, he ain't it. Like, I don't know. No, I don't. I've never seen anything out of Troy died. I think like, wow, he's going to be a player in the league. I think awesome. is going to be a player in the league. I just think he's too green to it's do it take right time. now. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Like I think down the road, we could be looking at him as like, yeah, he's a good player. Um, if he's playing this season, I think you're in trouble. Um, because like I said, he's going to make his mistakes. He's going to make them at 100 miles an hour. But if you make those mistakes at 100 miles an hour against the number one starters and and, and things like that, could go for big plays. Yeah, and it, you, it's, it's you not left the a huge opening. Preseason. Exactly. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Other name I had written down, uh, he's a third round pick, but at the end of the third round. So I don't really think he qualifies. But uh, Patrick Jones, I, I just think that he's a guy who's proven that maybe they need depth at the edge rushers because two guys they have there while incredibly gifted are also injury prone. And maybe he's somebody who's proven, Hey, like we can plug him in there and still get some production. Yeah. I, I, I like that. You're, I forgot to mention that criteria. You have to be a third round picker or, or lower. So. so he is a third and I feel like that's kind of cheating as well. Um, I like going later than that, but yeah, this he, year he's popped got a, too. He, he he's looked fine. Like at, at times, he's looked like he's someone who could rotate in and, and have a role. Um, it's a little bit cheating, like you said, uh, but he, he he it is he's part of the criteria, so he he would count technically. All right, uh, that's all we have for today's episode. We'll be back this week. Looking forward to, I guess the Vi- the Vikings' final preseason game uh, in Denver next Saturday. Maybe more of a celebration that the preseason is almost over. Uh, we'll get to a bunch of other topics as well, not so much preseason related, because I think I can speak for everybody when it's like, I think we've had enough of the preseason. Um, certainly they will play this final game, but just not a whole lot to get out of these as we're finding out as fewer and fewer impact players play. I know Dane has a preseason rant that he would like to get to, and we will get to that this week as well. Um, You can look forward to that moving down the line here. And if you want to make sure you catch that, like subscribe, follow this podcast on any podcast platform Uh, for inside purple and gold. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jace Frederick. He's Dane Mizutani. Goodbye.